Welcome to your Tuesday episode of Radio Rehab. If this is the first time you're joining us, we now do a daily show where I'm joined in studio with a guest host who's in here for the entire week and we talk recovery. This week, our guest host is Colleen O. Today, we're going to talk about bulimia and eating disorders because those are things that she has struggled with. And we're also going to talk about being a high bottom alcoholic. You know, you don't have to be a bottom of the barrel skid row drunk like I chose to be to come and get sober and be in the recovery community. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome back to Radio Rehab. This is our Tuesday show. I'm Dana here in studio with producer Shar and Colleen, who is our guest for this entire week. Welcome back, Colleen. Hi, Dana. <laughs> you're more talkative today. Um, no, it was funny because we were talking yesterday about how you're nervous. And I was saying, you know, at, like an, an, at a meeting, that's scary. But talking to a microphone is easy. You well, can't see did, these. I never did before. I can see you now, and I know you. So this is. You're right. It is like less yeah. intimidating. We're just having a conversation, and we're just having we're a standing chat. up in front of all these people, having to look at them and go, "Oh my gosh!" Because isn't that the worst? Oh my god, scary. that killed. That's yeah. seriously the scariest thing. Is speaking is. in a meeting. Oh my, I can't think of anything scarier, especially like, like when it's people who have like you know. 20 plus years of sobriety and then yeah and it's oh it's well you scary. kicked ass on friday oh thank you thank you so much i was so scared i was like it was, i felt like i was going through menopause i was so sweaty i was like guys the heat on everybody's like no it's actually cold and i'm like i'm so hot like i, I was it was nervous Wait till menopause honey oh my god i feel like i i halfway i always feel like i'm going through the change because i'm so hot blooded i'll just yeah. start sweating um, okay, so uh, first of all, I, we didn't talk about how how long you've been sober yesterday, did we? Uh, I got sober on May thirtieth, two thousand five. So you have, have eleven, 11 years, and a half years, eleven and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were also talking about uh, trauma and PTSD yesterday, and uh, one thing that I thought was interesting was you said you were a high bottom alcoholic but a low bottom bulimic. That's so correct. let's start. Let's start back in the beginning, uh, like with your childhood. So you you pretty much went through trauma as a child too, which is well, I grew up in on the outside, average middle class family in New Jersey. Um, you know, had everything I needed or wanted on the outside. Uh, my mom didn't want a kid, so she was very angry that I ruined her life, and she was uh, a rageaholic and very emotionally abusive and very cold to me. Um, so I think where the bulimia came from, it started, and my mom used to weigh me. She always used to tell me I needed to lose five pounds so the boys would like me. So she was always, I was always trying to eat less than I was supposed to eat. So some kid in high school talked about, well, we could stick our finger down our throat and throw up and then we could eat as much as we want. And I tried it and it worked and it was kind of weird. And I think I did it for a couple months and I was like, yeah, I don't like doing this. And then somehow a couple months later, I don't know what happened, but I started doing it again. And I got my, it got its claws in me like there was no tomorrow. I could not stop. And I think. Like it was an addiction? Like Totally I mean, addiction. You I mean, liked it? I mean, does it, here's one, I, I, eating disorders is something I don't know that much about. So like, I mean. When, when you throw up, does it release endorphins or something? You know, what I think now is I had a really good therapist in New Jersey named Loretta Lewis, who I wish I could find that woman and tell her thank you because she saved my life. Um, now that you just said her name on the show, somebody will find her for you. Trust I looked me. online, you know, Loretta Lewis from New Jersey. She, I don't even know if she's still alive. I don't know how old she is. 
uh, but she did all this weird therapy, like uh, talk, talking to my inner child, voice dialogue, body work, hypnotherapy, all this crazy stuff. And what year was this? That in? worked. This was in the early eighties. Because that's it, kind of that's kind of ahead of its time. She for was the way 80s, ahead right? of her time. She went on a trip to Egypt, like a, a power journey, and I thought that was so totally weird because I grew up in a very sort of straight laced scientific family, you know, as a food science major, you know, as a scientist, I was a corporate sales scientist person. So I was really in that whole genre. So I thought she was a nut job, but (laughs) she helped me. And I went back, I saw her every week for almost five years, just about every week. And she helped me get out of that. And in hindsight, I think that I had nowhere to put all my feelings. So by throwing them up, there's something about the vagus nerve, which is part, which is this, the big nerve that goes through your whole body, that if you calm that down, somehow it calmed me down to throw, the throwing up calmed me down. I don't, I don't really know, but I was really, I would puke till I passed out. Really? I mean, I would eat three candy corns and stick my finger down my throat. I would buy bags of groceries, and I'd eat a bag of groceries, and I'd eat like a box or two of cookies and puke, and then I'd, I'd go through the whole bag, and I'd puke like five times in a row. It, 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 it was horrible. It was, it was really, really bad, and I would try to stop, and I would, like, lay in bed and hold myself and go, I'm not going to puke, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and, and I would get through, like, one night, and then I'd go out the next day again and just buy a bunch of stuff and throw up. And this was, was this when you lived at home, when you were a no, teenager? No, uh, yeah, it started, like- it started, it started when I was a teenager, but I graduated from college, uh, moved out on my own, got a job, and it was while I was working in a place called, T- well, I was living in a place called Teaneck. I was living in Nutley, New Jersey, and it was right next to Teaneck, and I'd walk in the town, and there was an anorexia and bulimia society that had a sign in the town. So I walked by it all the time, and I just was like... What's an anorexia and bulimia society? Is it like or AA some, for... I, I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea. This was in the 80s. That's fascinating. This I'm was, like, this I in the, this, But that was, that was God working in my life, right? That was God showing up for me, like putting me to live in a place where that was available, and I finally one day called and I, I remember exactly the day and I called them and said um, hi um, my name's Colleen and I think I have an eating disorder and they were so, I almost hung hung up the phone but they were really nice to me and really kind to me and they hooked me up with um, a therapist who wasn't my long-term therapist but I went to see her for about three or four months and then some things happened and I stopped going and then I found Loretta Lewis a couple months later uh, someone recommended her to me. How many years were you a bulimic for? Probably about mm, somewhere between 12 and 15. Wow. Is that something... Okay, so I know like with alcoholism and drug addiction, you can relapse and things happen that will make you relapse. Is it the same with bulimia? Um, I think kind of. And you know, actually, when I started to question my drinking, one of the things that really sort of kept me out of AA for a while was like... Ugh, I was bulimic. I'm healed. You can quit <laughs> drinking, but you can't quit eating. You know, you right. really, you can't, you can't, you can't quit eating. Yeah, you have to eat. And I, what I, you know what, I, I'll tell you what I think really, really healed me is Loretta Lewis um, got me to the place where I was puking twice a week. And she used to say things to me, she used to say things to me like, you're really lucky that this is what you have. She might have s- said at the time, drugs or alcohol but she's like whenever you have this behavior you know there's a problem there's something wrong with you inside and that you have to accept that it's really helped you 
get to where you are. And that's the thing with trauma. It's like people have these management strategies that keep them alive until they become like a bad thing. Right. You know, until they keep it's you alive. They, they, yeah, they, 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 keep, they keep you alive for a while. But I don't know. I came to the place where, you know, if I puke twice a week for the rest of my life, that's okay. If that's what I need to do to manage my life and move ahead. And I took a Dan Millman workshop, two Dan Millman workshops. He's an author. He wrote The Way of the Peaceful yeah, Warrior. Yeah, I love that book. And um, I did some work with him. And in one of the classes with him, I realized I hated my corporate job. I was making really good money. I had this outside sales job, making killer money, the kind of job everybody wants. And I was totally miserable. And I really wanted to do some kind of body work or acupuncture or healing work because I'd gotten in that the really bad car accident was in 84. And uh, allopathic medicine wasn't able to help me figure out what to do. And it was alternative medicine that really supported me and helping me to figure out to get well. So anyway, uh, after Dan Millman's workshop, I met a guy there who was a podiatrist and he closed up his practice and he was traveling around the world. Rick, if you're out there, <laughs> that was his name. Hi, I Rick. Don't, I don't, I don't remember his last name, but he said to me, what, one of the, one of the, one of the teachers said, well, why don't you go with him? You know, you, you, ha- you have a good job. You have money. You, you don't, you're not happy. Why don't you go travel around the world? Cause I'd always wanted to go to Asia. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. And he called me up. Uh, the day after the workshop was over and said to me, yo, Morning Thunder. That was my nickname because I was a bitch till I had coffee. You know, he said, he said, <laughs> who isn't? He said, meet me in Bali. I'll buy you a Halloween mask. And I can remember standing there, like state specific memory in the house I was living at going, I want to do that. I'm not going to quit my job quite yet, but yeah, let me get a plane ticket. And so I began living my life for me, not what my parents had wanted me to. Like my parents, like, sort of guided me in a whole way to be something that I wasn't. Right. And anyway, so I quit my corporate job and uh, met this guy in uh, Thailand. And we ended up not getting along after the first couple of weeks, no, no surprise. And then I went on without him and we kind of split up. But I went to um, Thailand, uh, Nepal, and Bali for, it was about a month, five weeks, I think, altogether. And I came back and I moved to Squaw Valley and skied for two years. Weren't and you, like, speaking of addictions and stuff like that, weren't you, like, an extreme skier or something? I was. Like, really? You I got pretty good. Really? Yeah, I got jumping off cliffs and doing all kinds of black diamond shoots and crazy adrenaline stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, that's just insane to me. I mean, like, I've done really things that probably other people think are insane involving drugs or alcohol, but, like, getting on two sticks and going down a hill made out of ice is just, I, I know. what? It, it, I was definitely an adrenaline junkie for a long time. But back to the... The story about the the bulimia is um, when I was living in Tahoe, I would have that behavior maybe once a month. It it started going away, but it took a little while because it's something I was used to. And so I lived there for two ski seasons, so not quite two years, a year and a half. And when I moved back to Sonoma, I realized on Halloween I had to buy candy for the trick-or-treaters, and I didn't know where the candy aisle was in any of the stores because I just didn't puke anymore i just forgot oh, was about candy it. what you would eat oh yeah oh, i'd go okay. buy bags of candy and throw up eat the eat, eat the bags of candy eat the bags of candy and throw up and um so there was still there was a couple of years of every once in a while i would have an incident but it just sort of weaned its way out of my body and i can remember i think i've been doing massage a couple of years it was the day after thanksgiving i always worked the day after thanksgiving and i ate too much 
at, for Thanksgiving, and I woke up on Friday. I forgot to eat breakfast. I forgot to eat lunch, and it was like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. I started to get hungry, and I just went, oh, my God, I'm healed. I forgot about eating because I ate too much yesterday. That's what normal people do. They eat too much one day. They don't eat too much the next day. Right. Or they'll so, eat like a big meal and then or not. Yeah. It's not like they have to continually eat. So, so like yeah. drinking where I, cause I had to continually drink. So, yeah. So in answer to your question, I think, you know, would it be considered a relapse or not? You know, I didn't do a 12 step program for any kind of eating stuff. Um, but I think it's different. I think when you develop a chemical dependency and you have cravings for things, I think that's a different thing than food. Like I was having cravings to puke and cravings to eat, but I don't think it's the same kind of cravings as when you get addicted to the chemical of alcohol. But I was addicted to the chemical of puking. I was addicted to whatever was going on in my body chemistry. Um, so, because that, that. I guess it does alter your body chemistry totally does. in some kind of a way that it gives you something. It, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, so tomorrow we're going to come back with you tomorrow and tomorrow I want to talk more to you about, uh, about when the alcoholism came in, when you traded one thing for the other, or when, if that didn't even happen, when you noticed that happening, um, and what made you become like how you became an alcoholic basically, or how you knew you were an alcoholic and also the trauma that you've been through. If you would like to write us, it's radio rehab at go to productions.com. That's G O dash T O productions.com. The phone number is four one five four nine six nine five one one on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at radio rehab. Dana we'll be back again tomorrow with Colleen. Keep coming back. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Is all my brain and body need. Sex and drugs and rock and roll.